0: And welcome to Taste Test Thursday for February 20th, 2020. I'm your host, Adam Owens. Every week, we bring in a guest to talk about work, life, hobbies, and food. It's somebody from out there in the community who you might have met, somebody you might not know yet, and it gives me a great deal of pleasure this morning to welcome Jeff Chorba to the studio. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Doing well. Good. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Thanks for having me. um, I've been following you on Facebook for a while now, and uh, for a couple of reasons, I got in touch with you a week and a half ago. Uh, And I asked you, A, would you be able to come in and chat on the air about one of your
1: really cool hobbies? Uh, Paramotoring, right? Paramotoring. Paramotoring. That's the the official term. Some people call it powered paragliding. That's, I guess, more the official term, but we go with paramotoring. Okay. Sounds cooler. And the other reason I messaged you was to say, hey, dude, I screwed up my computer. Can you help
0: me fix it? (laughs) And you said, yep. Actually, I just posted out for the whole world to see that I'd screwed up my computer. And several people jumped right in and and tagged you and said, talk to Jeff. He's the man. As it turns out, you are. <laughs> well, thanks. So, so you've been working uh, with computers for a minute or two. Is that safe to yeah, say? Yeah, a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but let's let's so let's start at square one because I want to I want to talk both computers and I definitely want to talk paramotoring, but I kind of want to get the feel for where where you're where you're from in life. Did you grow up around here? You local? I did. I oh. grew up in Beach Lake. Okay, and your dad, you're, you're saying your dad actually worked in IT for a long time. He did, yeah. And he worked
1: it, for more business forms, here and that right was now. that was where CVS is now. Is that right? Correct. Now
0: mm-hmm. yeah, What did they? What was the place called? More business forms?
1: Yeah, they made business form paper, uh, like form feed paper. That you used to use in the old dot matrix printers, oh, man. which have now kind of went away. So <laughs> dot matrix printers. Yeah, <laughs> that's a throwback.
0: Uh, okay, so you actually you kind of grew up around. There were, there were computers in your house when you were growing up, and. And I don't know, did you, you know, install video games on them and stuff like that? or?
1: Yeah, I didn't really even touch a computer till I was probably 16. Oh, wow. You know, so we had our first, our, you know, 386. Actually, it was an 8088, which is the first vintage of IBM computers. Yeah. And, uh, upgraded it with a 30-meg hard drive. Whoa! And, yeah, so that was pretty intense. <laughs> and then uh, went away to college and... Used to play with the mainframes down at Temple University. Oh, you went to Temple, huh? Yes.
0: Cool. Now, yeah. um, so so you you got your hands on computers back back then, and those the mainframes are big, kind of a big deal. Yes. Um, mm. the now most computers that our listeners uh, are familiar with either run Windows or possibly Mac OS, right? Right. right. Or maybe now they've got a Chromebook. Right, uh, or they're using like an Android tablet kind of thing. So there's actually a handful of different operating systems, but the
1: mainframes at like let's say Temple or a larger university are probably running Unix. Unix. They or... were. I mean, now they're probably running on uh, Linux, which is a flavor of Unix. So, un- so.
0: You, quickly, can you get kind of explain Unix? Is this is the sort of super techie nerdy
1: operating system, right? Yeah, Unix is really, really where it started on a. The internet it basically runs on Unix. People don't realize this. All the original servers that feed a lot of the routers, and uh, even like the Mac OS kernel is based on the original Unix form. Isn't uh, an-
0: does Android have some connection to it as well? Yes, you're correct. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's uh, very technically customizable you can really get into a unix system and tweak things you can also really screw it up is that about right yes <laughs> you can you
1: can, you can br- what's the term brick you brick yeah. a computer yes They're, it's very geeky you know that software is not really graphically friendly like windows it doesn't, look, it doesn't look so pretty lots of commands and you have to know all that kind of like dos some people may know dos from oh yeah the, that's the early ages of windows so it's a lot of text commands a lot of correct yeah okay
0: Um, And not a nice, not necessarily a nice pretty, uh, they call it a GUI, Graphical User Interface. Correct. The -hmm. the little icons on the desktop, you see the mouse moving around, that's very nice, but uh, Unix
1: slash Linux are very command line driven. They do have a graphic interface now, Okay. Uh, Ubuntu, there's a couple other ones, Uh, Debian, there's a Bunch of different graphical versions that lay on top of Unix, okay, so, or Linux, I should say, that so. let
0: you operate it graphically, correct, and sort of in a familiar way. So mm-hmm. we're, we're getting, we're gonna get, so hey, uh, warning, we're gonna get pretty nerdy here over the next uh, hour <laughs> or so. But there's gonna be some, hopefully, some good, uh, some good tips that people can take and use on their home computers. But you were not so. So you said was, you were about sixteen when you first got your hands on a computer, like kind of at home, correct? Uh, when you went to college at Temple, you kind of got your hands in the mainframes. But Temple, Temple is not like a, it's not an IT college necessarily,
1: is it? It's no.
0: Got kind of an agriculture focus in, in a lot of ways?
1: Uh, yeah, they have law, medical, but at the time I was pursuing uh, landscape design. Oh. Uh, I really liked being outside. Nothing to do with computers. I actually grew up, uh, my first job was working on my aunt and uncle's farm out in Lorella, and uh, liked agriculture, and I liked design, so I was like, okay, this might work, you know, landscape design kind of works, outdoor designing, so... Went to temple and but when I was there, the computers always seemed to intrigue me more than even my studies. Huh. Uh, so things changed. Didn't complete, didn't complete the whole process and came back. Started working full time at Woodlock. Oh really? Uh, Woodlock. Yeah, I, see, I think
0: I think pretty much. Yeah. I think in order to have a uh, a five seven zero area code
1: on your phone, you must have worked at Woodlock. Absolutely. <laughs> at least a short period of time. So <laughs> what were you, what were you doing at Woodlock? So I went there. I started working in the grounds crew, and which I like to be outside. And supposed to like swinging a weed whacker kind of thing. Yeah, weed whacker. You know, digging holes, doing all that labor of landscaping, and, yep. and uh, kind of worked my way up through. They saw my uh, talents with design, and at that time is when they were designing the new Woodlock Springs golf course. <gasps> The community, there was lots of homes that needed to be designed, so I put my skills to work doing that. And uh, yeah, you were doing the thing you went to school for, absolutely. C- congratulations! Honestly, that doesn't <laughs> happen too often, it feels like. Thanks, okay, cool. So that was intriguing, and then uh, you know, I worked my way up the ladder and. Got to a point where I became the uh, manager of the department and had staff of approximately thirty people to Whoa. maintain each day. And so, how
0: you know, long did that? So. Like, approximately how long a process was that from from you know swinging the weed whacker to you know you know babysitting the crew, probably something like that.
1: Uh, well, I started I started back in '88, and I think it was by the time I left Woodlock was uh, 08. So you, you are you are older than you look. <laughs> I, I think that's the nicest way I can say that.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. So, um, th- but that didn't last forever. You've kind of now this whole IT computer fixer, savior kind of guy thing.
1: How did that all come to be? So yeah, as I was working, doing my daily job, 50 some hours a week, doing all kinds of landscaping and whatnot, I couldn't come, you know, I'd come home and, was always intrigued with computers, so I started tinkering around with them. And then my neighbors, my relatives said, "Hey, can you fix my computer?" I'm sure I could do that. And <laughs> word traveled, and it traveled more. And all of a sudden, I have three, four hundred people that I'm maintaining on the side hobby. So this uh, was just your side gig. You're working. Yeah, you're working forty plus hours, more uh, than forty. hours. I was hours. actually a salary employee at that point. Yep. So, and. Uh, I enjoyed my job, things change, you know, you, when you work somewhere long enough, you kind of say, ah, I want to need a change. That's yeah. Me. So, uh, I saw the computer part really growing and, uh, and really enjoyed it. You know, when I'd get done with my daily job and go do that, it was like my hobby, but huh. I obviously could make money doing it. Yeah. So I decided to make a change. And in 2008, I went out on my own and incorporated a business and, uh, actually had two techs at one point working with me and. Oh. Still have one now. So the, the the side yeah. hustle became the main hustle. The main hustle. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. And do you still... Now, now, okay, so now what's the flip side of the coin? Do, do people call you up and say, ah, Jeff, I need
1: some help with some landscape design. Can you help me out on this side? Actually, it's <laughs> funny you say that. I do occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, One hey. of my buddies I went to college with uh, lives in uh, Philly, and he has a landscape business, so I help him out with some design work. So, uh, okay, good. I maintain his computers. So. <laughs> <laughs> you maintain the computers. So... Um, so you've now, so since about 08, so you've got
0: t- t- 10, 12 ex- years of pro experience under your belt, and you've got several more years just hands-on experience. Um, what Computers have changed a tremendous amount, Yes, uh, and they are sort of on the path to continue doing so. There's that, I, now I forget what the law is, where a processor will double its speed every year or something like that. I f- forget it, we got off track there. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> I was going to ask you, um, what are some things that go wrong with computers where the average user just throws their hands up and says, I can't handle this. I need help.
1: Well, (laughs) the first thing that everybody should do, if there's any kind of problem, reboot. Turn it off and turn it back on again. Uh, You'd be amazed how many calls I get in a day. And I said, did you restart the computer? No. So what does that do then? What does rebooting the computer do? Uh, So things happen as you're using a computer. Different programs might conflict with other programs, Windows or Mac, whoever it is. A lot of times they're releasing updates, they're installing things, and they confuse the computer. So, as the best term I can come up with, mm-hmm. so by restarting it, it's kind of like laying it all out. Step by step, the way it should be, so it puts everything back to where it should be. You kind of a, make the B, bet again. C, D, yes, and now we're starting a new day, and let's see how it goes. And generally, ninety percent of the time, wow, it, it fixes it. Ninety percent of the time, you're yeah, exaggerating. Oh yeah. No, really, s- most of the time, it's just
0: a reboot. So a reboot will will mm-hmm. is a good first step. Okay, let's so 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 a reboot doesn't work. So my computer is still on the fritz. What any there's any number of things that might be going wrong with it.
1: Yeah, there could be anything from a piece of the hardware, the hard disk, a memory chip, and. Anything internally could be starting to fail, and now you're seeing the first symptoms of it. Uh, Could be something you clicked on on Facebook or Mm -hmm. an advertisement, and now it's kind of lurking behind the scenes and causing a little issue that you really can't see up front, but it's making the computer go slow, freeze up. Uh, so that's where you you want to look at doing some general scans, checking for malware viruses. So these, these Hmm. virus and malware scanners that you can download, do they, do they come
0: with malware and viruses of their own? Like, I'm always suspicious of anything you download off the internet.
1: Yeah, there are some that you have to be really careful, especially the ones that say they're free. Uh huh. There are some actually very good free ones, but you have to be careful where you click. (laughs) So,
0: often, the often the link to download the program is right next to another link, link labeled "Download." You got it. That will take you
1: someplace you don't want to go. And then you're buying their software because it's now so messed up that you need the actual commercial grade one to get rid of it, <laughs> which is, I think, probably their tactic. Yeah, you have <laughs> but, to. So you have to be a little savvy when you're clicking yeah. around out there. It's yes. easy to the, the the whole deception thing is
0: is, is very real. Very much. Um, okay, so uh, my guest is Jeff Chorba. How do you spell Chorba? C H O R B A. Am I saying it right? Yes. Okay. All right. Got
1: always, always you're actually one of the few people that <laughs> really. Yeah. It seems. Oh, yeah. it's it usually seems pretty Corba, basic. Chobra. 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 We get, yeah. yeah. It's uh... sure. You. Can. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've gotten
0: so. calls like that. Are you Adam Owens? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Whatever. Who's calling? Um, so so Jeff, I, I, if if it's cool with you, can I tell the story of, of, sure. of how we first kind of connected here? So yes. I I have this old laptop. I've had it for about six years. It's a Lenovo ThinkPad, and it's served me pretty well. But it was definitely starting to get clunky. Like I would boot it up and it wouldn't, it wouldn't boot, or like I would have to, you hold the power button down at, for 20 seconds and then it clicks mm-hmm. off. You know, it, it would kind of get stuck on the boot up screen. But then if I rebooted it twice, it would kind of come together. Once it did come online, it would take you know 10 minutes before it would even pick up the Wi-Fi. Like it was really getting wonky. So I thought to myself, okay, I know a thing about computers or two. I'm gonna just format the hard drive. And there's this laptop has something on it called a restore partition, which
1: is. I'm not quite sure to explain it. <clears throat> so on your hard disk, which is the part of the computer that stores all your information, when you buy a laptop generally from the factory new, it has a little section they put away that is like a, a hidden spot that has a uh, an image of your computer how it was the day you bought it. Uh-huh. So if something goes wrong, you can resort to that little hidden area. It's like a hidden, hidden room that yep. has all the files the way they were, and you can recover Everything back the way it was. Yeah.
0: yeah, which which may come at the expense of you know losing your files, losing your files. But I was I did have a pretty decent backup, so I thought, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna pull up the restore partition. I'm gonna format the the main drive where Windows lives. I'm gonna just wipe that clean slate. And we're gonna do install it fresh and new, so it'll be like theoretically the computer would be brand new. Yes, really. So if you do that restore, if you do a complete restore, it's it's like you it's like the day you bought it. Correct. Okay, so I I thought I was gonna do that. Getting a thumbs up, okay, I thought I was going to do that, and I wound up accidentally erasing the restore partition. So that little hidden room with all that great data of the original status of the machine was gone, and the computer yes. wouldn't boot. And I said, "Oh no!" I didn't say, "Oh no!" I said something different that I can't say on the radio. Uh, I said, "I've got a I've got a brick on my hands. I've got a I've got a very expensive paperweight sitting in front of me." So I posted my failure on Facebook. You got tagged, and. Right here this morning, as we're doing Taste Test Thursday, we're
1: running a restore on my Lenovo laptop. How are we doing over there? It's going very well. Is it really? Yeah. we've oh, Thank God. We've late <laughs> load, loaded Windows 7 originally because that's what the computer came with. Right. And I've just installed Windows 10, and it's doing the it's it's in the process. So uh, yeah, the surgery is going well. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. Thank you. So let's
0: talk quick about Windows 7 and Windows 10, and actually, kind of all the versions of Windows. So way back when, you know, version what 3.1 was the first Windows yes. I got my hands on in 95, 98, uh, Windows uh, Millennium, which Millennium. We, we won't talk about. Uh, XP was okay. Windows 7 I thought was pretty good, uh, but now we're up to Windows 10. Yes, and now this announcement came out a little while ago windows has ceased
1: support for windows 7 what does that mean okay so yes that's a very good question and i receive it a lot mm. so windows 7 microsoft basically comes up with a lifespan for their operating systems windows being an operating system right and they've been forecasting this since they probably since they designed it so in 2020, January 14th, to be exact, of 2020 is was the scheduled date that this was going to be not supported. So it doesn't mean your computer is going to shut off and not work. Okay. Obviously, if you have one now, you know it's still running. Yep. Uh, but it just means that Microsoft is not going to do any more with it. So there's, it's kind of like if you had a car and they're no longer making parts for uh. it. They're not going to, you know, you come into a garage with your old 1920, sorry, we don't support that anymore. And that's basically what Microsoft did with Windows 7 is you're on your own. Go ahead and use it. Uh, If something breaks, we can't help you. If you can't figure it out on your own, sorry, you're on your own. Okay. Uh, Now, the big problem with this day and age with security, cybersecurity, without having those patches and repairs going in on a regular basis... A lot of the secure websites around the world, such as example Bank of America, anywhere you do online banking, secure credit card transactions, Amazon. Eventually, if you have Windows 7 and you try going to those websites, the website is going to detect that you have an older operating system with potential security flaws. Right, and they're going to say, "Sorry, you can't shop here because you are a risk to us." Aha! Uh-huh. So that's why. But that's from not forum.
0: now. That's not happened now. Like I could still probably go it, to Amazon on Windows 7. Basically, 7? yeah, it's still working. Okay, uh, but. I see. That makes sense. Um, so okay, but so now we're on Windows 10. But then, what is there a sunset for Windows 10 support? I'm sure they've got a date in mind. Yeah, uh, right? there
1: is, and I actually don't even know what the date is, but it's it's at least you know eight to ten years from now. Okay, so yeah. this is not a this is not a next year kind of thing. No. All right. Yeah, and that's a, that's actually a very good
0: um, comparison you made. Like a car that's no longer being you know they don't they don't make parts for it. it's out of print. Yeah. They're not making parts anymore. Right. So. You know, you're kind of on your own. You're going to have to manufacture something if you really want to keep that thing going. Yeah. Is there a crew of, like, diehard Windows 7 guys and gals who are just, like, out there, like, gonna, they're
1: gonna they're just going to run Windows 7 into the ground? Or You're looking at I'm one. I'm looking at one
0: right <laughs> now. Okay.
1: <laughs> I have Windows 7 at my desk right now. I just, I love the operating system. I got to and- say, I, everything, every yeah. interaction I've had with it has been good. What do you think of, of Windows 10? Uh, I've... Actually disliked it up until the last couple of weeks. They've really they've been releasing a lot of repairs and updates, and it's getting much better. It's smoother. It doesn't seem to be as glitchy, and it's not a lot different from Windows Seven. Okay. It is changed. It's different, but uh, if you give it the resources it wants, enough memory and a good fast hard drive, it actually runs very fast. So it is a good product overall okay um it's growing on me all right fair so enough fair well, enough
0: kind of has to <laughs> my, my guest jeff chorba and i uh are going to take a quick break now when we come back i want to talk about the other chapter in your life this whole paramotoring thing this whole it's a it's a pretty cool thing i had a chance <laughs> to actually go scope it out uh, just earlier this week um and you brought food in to share i did okay don't tell me what i'm gonna be surprised but i can smell it, it smells fantastic <laughs> all right jeff and i will be back on taste test thursday right here on dnh All right, we're back on Taste Test Thursday, 34 minutes after eight o'clock. I'm Adam Owens. My guest this morning is Jeff Chorba. Uh, uh, you know, it, it occurs to me, Jeff, I didn't ask you what. So, so you split off. You kind of you you ditched the landscape gig, uh, which you'd kind of gone all the way up to the top of the ladder with, and you did. You started in on your own. You, you made your side gig your main squeeze. Do you have a name for the the computer company? What do you call it? Uh, Chorba Consulting Incorporated. Oh, that's, that's- easy pretty basic it's nice it's alliterative too trauma can see the C sounds all right cool okay so uh, uh, and Jeff has been uh, is in the process of helping me fix my computer like right this moment I don't know if this is this may be the first ever on <laughs> DNH live computer repair uh, I had borked my um, uh, utility partition the computer wasn't
1: booting so real quick just kind of walk us through what you've done to get us back up and running here <clears throat> so basically uh, this computer came originally with Windows 7. Uh, So we started out putting Windows 7 back on the computer, on the hard drive. How did we get it back on, though? Uh, So this computer doesn't have an external CD drive. I happen to bring my arsenal of tools with me. I have an external USB CD drive that plugs in. I have an OEM Windows 7 disk, which is basically a universal disk that can be used on any brand of computer. Uh, As long as you have a license key, which on the bottom of this computer there isn't a, a legit uh, license key for Windows 7. Yep. So I'm legit here. Yeah, so okay. you plug that key in and that registers that key to this this piece of computer, yep. this hardware. And it took it and everything's happy. So then we uh, took it to the next level and now we're upgrading Windows 7 to Windows 10. Now,
0: is that a thing? Like, So so somebody out there listening now who has Windows 7 on their computer, they're thinking, they're hearing
1: us talk about the end of support. They want to upgrade to 10. Is that going to cost them money? So it won't cost you money from the aspect of buying Windows 10. Uh, Microsoft has been gracious, I'll use that term loosely, (laughs) uh, of letting you upgrade. As long as you have a valid version of Windows 7 or Windows 8, actually, Uh you can get Windows 10 for free. Okay. You just have to know how to do it. And it's a little bit of a process, uh, which is what we're doing right now. You can do it with a CD. You can actually download it online directly with a media creation tool. Yep. Uh, And as long as you're Windows 7 or 8 is a valid licensed product. Microsoft recognizes that and is basically giving you a free upgrade to Windows 10. Okay, that's but it, now now the so the
0: upgrade itself might be free but the process of installing it, getting it working properly right. might not be for everybody. That's might mean where you have to hire somebody bring in, yes. bring in the heavies. Um so okay, now additionally with this laptop by the way, in addition to the, you know, the the operating system going belly up, but we're 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 fixing that problem, the battery has been really wonky. In fact, it started kicking off an error and telling me that uh, even while plugged in, it wasn't charging the battery. Is that, I
1: mean, this thing is six years old. Is that what I could expect? Absolutely. Yeah, batteries, if you can get four or five years out of a laptop battery, uh, you're doing good. Okay. And, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, I want to upgrade my battery. So they'll go on Amazon and buy a new battery. But you have to be really careful. um, Go on. Because a lot of the batteries you find are coming overseas. They're made very cheaply you know, $30, $20 for a laptop battery. Well, Yeah, that sounds good to me, but you're it, saying no, huh? I've, I've went down that rabbit hole, and it, it's not good. Oh, okay. <laughs> you spend all the time replacing the battery. Sometimes you have to take the covers off, and it's not just as easy as plugging a new battery in. Right, some of the batteries are kind of very internal. Yes, um, and then the customer calls me, and uh, six months later or a month later, my laptop battery's not working again, so... Uh-huh. You're better off, if you're going to replace your battery, go with OEM product, OEM, original equipment manufacturer. So if you have an HP laptop, get an HP battery. Okay. If you have a Dell, get a Dell battery. I expect it's going to cost a little more for it the will. original. Yeah, you're looking at $70, $80 at least. But for, it's going to work. It will. Okay. So then the other the other link to the
0: puzzle here is this thing we've, we've talked a little bit about sort of offline, and that's the, the hard drive on the computer. Now, uh, traditional hard drives are... <sighs> For lack of a better way to say it, they're just really, really fancy record players. Very good description. There's like yeah. a there's like a platter in there yes. that spins at, at an extraordinary rate of speed, and there's a tiny little seek head or a little. It's kind of like the equivalent of the needle, right? Right. And it rides microns above that magnetic disc as that magnetic disc is whizzing along at I don't know how many thousands of RPMs, and that's that's hard. That's how hard drives have been for thirty years, forty. I don't know, yes. a long time, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's all magnetic based. But it just feels to me like there's
1: a little, little too many moving parts, a little too much sensitivity there, right? Very much so. So what's the alternative now? So over the years, I, I'm not sure when they started producing them. I know, as we've said, the military's been using them for a while. Yep. As far as the general public, I'd say in the last mm, five, six years is when they've really be, started to become mainstream. Yeah. And they're, they're basically, uh, there's no moving parts. So what, it's, what's, it, it's, it, what's it called? a solid state hard drive or ssd okay and you said no moving parts no moving parts so it it really all it is is circuitry little pieces of solder and wire and like you know little electronic devices that store the information so there's no motor there's no magnetism they don't succumb to vibration uh, because that's one of the things with laptops especially you know people have their laptop running and they set it down on the kitchen table while it's running. Or you put it in your backpack. Yeah, and not realizing this little disc that's spinning at 7,000 RPM now gets smashed on the table. Well, it's just like bouncing your record player off the table while you're playing a record. Yeah. You, you know what would happen. It'll so will yeah. That, yeah, that's what happens. And that's kind of the start of a hard drive crash because the needle basically crashes the record.
0: And then uh, with, with, a, with, a, with a standard traditional uh, magnetic platter hard drive, you've got the little needle moving back and forth, and let's say that a piece of information you need to retrieve is all the way on the inside of the spinning disk. That needle has to go, me, move over, Correct. pick up the new... So that it's called a seek time, if I'm right. not mistaken. What's the seek
1: time like with these SSDs? Okay, so, yeah, the it goes in milliseconds. Yep. Um, and I don't have all the numbers on the top of my head, but... To give you an idea, like a standard hard drive is somewhere around like 20 milliseconds.
0: Okay, to seek a new piece of data. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, just pulling that out of the air. It may not be
1: accurate 100%, but right. it's like a solid state is like one millisecond. I mean, oh, it's, it's, wow. it's significantly uh, faster.
0: So, upgrading to an SSD is actually going to add speed to your rig. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Okay, so we're talking about potentially doing that as well. And after, so let's say I were to, we've got Windows 10 going in. Let's say I were to put an SSD in here and I were to buy an OEM battery.
1: You think I could get some more life out of this laptop? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. It's already five or six years old, but you think I could keep keep pushing mm-hmm. this this computer with a solid state upgrade in it will run faster than the day you bought it. Brand really? New. And you'll be amazed. Okay. Uh, and 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 cost for SSDs are are they the, obscene or is the, it okay? No, nah, they range anywhere from you know 150 depending on the size you need. Of course. You know. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, um, Jeff, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your help with this. The upgrades um, going well. We're uh, actually on like the final stage here, so you're getting there. Deet, deet, deet. <laughs> All right, so let's change let's change subjects here. I want to talk about paramotoring
0: because this is unbelievably cool. This is how I first spotted you on Facebook, uh, and many folks driving around may have spotted you out the sunroofs of their cars uh, <laughs> as you cruise over some of the area roads. Now, uh, paramotoring is pff, it's awesome. It's, it's it looks scary to me. It's a it's a backpack motor with a propeller. Like a push yes. a pusher prop, you would say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you and you hang from. It looks like a parachute.
1: Yes, is it's, it is it a parachute? It's not a parachute. It's a glider. Okay. So it's a paraglider. Uh, a parachute basically drops when you jump out of an airplane. If you're a skydiver, you're using a parachute. So you're dropping at a very fast rate. Yep. there's not much glide aspect. You know, you're so not, it's just
0: down. It's not forward. Going,
1: right. You know, I don't know what the exact glide ratio is of a parachute. I don't really do that. Right. But I know our gliders, depending on the efficiency, the style, there's a lot of factors. Yeah. At least you're going to get at least three to one ratio. So, Three feet forward, forward for forward. every one foot down? Yes. That's pretty good. And some of your higher efficiency paraglider gliders, like yep. we use paramotor gliders, which are a little more enduring because we are adding power. They're designed to be pushed. Right. And we're going faster than a paraglider. So they have them designed differently. But. So different, you can get different. It's, you, you, it's a glider, so it's almost like it's a wing. It's a wing. It's an airfoil. Okay,
0: um, and you can get kind of different ones that have different glide ratios. But the yes. ones you're using are all designed to be used with a, in conjunction with a, with some kind of a power source. Correct. Okay, uh, but they provide so this three to one ratio means that if let's just say you're flying along and the motor cuts out, you've got a little bit of time. Yes. that you can, you can play with to find a safe landing site or whatever. I, sh- I shouldn't even – I'm not joking about this stuff. It's very, I, I would hate to be – so let's talk about, first of all,
1: how do you get into this? Okay. <laughs> Where do you start? So the number one thing is you want to find a good school, a good instructor. Okay. Uh, that That's the number one. You don't need to have a license to do this. You don't have to have – you don't even have to have training to do this. I could go out right now and take my rig – give it to you and say hey go up here in the field and give it a shot and you're completely legal wouldn't be the wisest choice i'll today. say uh so but you do have to know the laws of the airspace of the faa we, f- we fly under what's called far 103 which is the federal administration Air- aviation administration's part of their rule book that we have to follow which is very lenient but if you you know, you have to follow it. If you screw so it up, screw there's it up. consequences. And it's for your it's really actually not even for our safety, it's for everybody else's safety.
0: Okay. So
1: uh, so you, you you find a trainer,
0: you find a school, you could you could not you could theoretically just self-train. <sighs> Would you
1: recommend that? Well <laughs> that's a loaded question. Okay. So my whole start was started out as I went for training. Yep. And unfortunately the person I started with was not a legit trainer. Oh, at least for paramotoring Uh and i i got frustrated and i decided i'm gonna i'm gonna learn this one way or another and reached out the resources mostly youtube yep and i pretty much self-trained myself to the point of soloing so i didn't really leave the ground other than doing a few glides off small hills to get a feel for flaring and landing uh, but I, I, guess there was a little voice in the back of my head saying mm, you need to have someone that knows what they're doing to get you off. Good the to listen to that little voice. Yes, okay. And I'm glad I did. Okay. So, uh, but I found uh, someone to help me and uh, uh, an actual certified instructor that sold me. So that uh, made and, it much more comfortable. And that was about three years ago. You're saying yes, and you've gone. All, I think you've gone
0: headfirst down this rabbit hole. Uh, it's beyond that. Yeah, it's a, it's like addiction on steroids (laughs) so uh the 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 motor that you strap on and it's Mm -hmm. it's a little two-cycle motor yes with a propeller on the back uh and a little throttle control and and not a heck of a lot else um well i have a reserve parachute oh i was gonna ask Uh, like yeah what happens did you have a uh uh, well we can't say this on the radio but you know an oh crap
1: bar you pull or something yeah so that's a really good thing you want to have i mean if you fly in good conditions and you You know, you get the proper training. You have good gear. You obey the weather. That's like the number one thing, Mm -hmm. because there's conditions that if you fly in them, you're just asking for trouble. Yep. So if you do all the, if you do it right, it's very safe. But there are times when things can happen. Weather, (laughs) weather doesn't always do what it says it's going to do. Yeah, the world is unpredictable place. And you're a weather guy. You know how that can change. Sure. So, yeah, the the reserve parachute is there for that. Oh no, my glider just took a collapse and so that that you know. wing that wing above you can actually sort of deflate yes Ooh. if it gets into a bad turbulent situation um, that's then you're then you would you would just drop you would drop for a little while the glider wants to recover um i've had a couple situations where the glider did a partial and a partial oh like it kind of bends or folds yeah, a little bit and, and it, it reinflated i didn't have to resort to that uh-huh. and altitude is your friend so the higher you are the more time you have time, you have time to. to recover if there was an issue yep. but uh, but like I said, it was pushing it. You know, it was a day when it was like a little iffy, and like, yeah, it'll be okay. And then you, know, you, you almost have to push yourself a little beyond, and then you realize, oh, that's the breaking point. And mm-hmm. then you know for the future, no, I'm not going to fly in those conditions. So. You don't want to get yourself into a, a DS, a dangerous situation, yeah. right?
0: Um, okay, so uh, there's, there are, so you, I would, I, is it safe to say your recommendation if somebody wants to check this out is to contact a pro?
1: it's, it's good to talk to someone in the sport and they can guide you with where to go and not to go because there's lots of schools around the country and there are some that are very good and there are some that are not very good. Um, equipment wise, I'm
0: sure it runs the gamut, you know, from, from entry level to top of the line.
1: Yes. Ballpark. What are we talking here to get involved? So training, you know, training, you're looking at between 1500 and $3,500 for a, That's the the whole gamut. With the training, okay. You're looking at about 10 full days, whether you do them sequentially or over a period of a few months. Usually, you need about 10 days to be in the air. I mean, some people can be in the air in three days, depending on your skill set and how fast you absorb it. How do you steer the thing? Uh, Two ways. Uh, The most efficient way to steer, and it's actually more like banking, is weight shift. So. People that have seen me fly, they say, oh, you look like you're up there and you're folding your legs like you're in your recliner. Well, yeah, I am. I'm enjoying myself. But the reason my legs are going left to right is because I'm shifting my body weight from one side of my uh, seat to the other. So what that does is when I shift my weight, there are these devices called weight shift arms which hook to the seat. So the glider, which is over your head, is hooked to those weight shift arms. So if I take my left leg and put it over my right leg, all my body weight is basically on my right side of my body, yep. which then makes the seat bank to the right, which then pulls the glider to bank to the right. So if you've ever watched an airplane turn, they don't steer like a car. They bank. Yeah. So that's the most efficient way to turn. If You're not going to turn real fast, but you'll make a nice sweeping banking turn, and you won't lose airspeed because uh-huh. you're not slowing anything down. You're just making the wing angle. If you want to make a harder turn, you start with weight shift and then you pull some brake. Now, on your as you're flying, you've got brake toggles in your hands, and there's those brake toggles have lines that connect to the trailing edge of the glider or the the back side the of the wing. The back side, which if you looked at an airplane, it would be like the the flaps or the oh, yeah. aerolons. You when you pull one, that slows that side of the wing down slightly. So now the wing will really wants to turn. Will yaw to the right. Okay. If you pull right brake. All right. Um, is it fun? It's beyond (laughs) fun. It's gotta be fun. It's, yeah, there is. I have never done anything so exciting and so enjoyable in my life. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Jeff, I I did, I I went out and just kind of watched you fly around just like for like a few minutes Mm -hmm. and it looks exhilarating. It also looks terrifying, frankly. In the beginning it is. You have to realize, but you get, you gain confidence in, you know your your gear, your skills, what what it can do. The one thing that I never really realized is, you know, most people have been on a boat, they've been in a rowboat. Most people feel pretty confident. Oh, that boat's going to float in the water as long as there's no hole. Right, okay. Well, air is buoyant. You just don't see it. People don't think that but air has mass. Yeah. And as long as you have a glider that's inflated, you're not going to fall. It's it's very it's hard to describe until you've done it. Little sounds a little, almost a little counterintuitive. Like
0: yeah. you know, your 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 expectation. You see yeah. something in there. Is like, gravity's going to go to work on that? It's going <laughs> to fall. But you've got a wing supporting you. And mm-hmm. okay, well, I I uh I am I am perpetually in awe and uh terrified by all the <laughs> things you do, uh, Jeff. And I'm incredibly grateful that you came in this morning to help me kind of resurrect my old laptop here. This this little thing needed some help. So thank you. How's mm-hmm. it going over there? By it's the way, it's going
1: very well. Yeah, okay. it's just putting in some updates. And I think here in the next. 20 minutes. It should be All right. back in business, it looks like. Well,
0: hey, I, look, I tell you what, let's uh, let's chow down. You brought some food in. It's I, Taste I Test did. Thursday, right? Sounds good. So break it out, buddy. What do you got here? Okay. So Jeff's going for the food. I'm going to, in the meantime, I'm going to set our t- uh, kitchen table up here, microphone-wise. We'll just split the difference. Okay. So we got some napkins. we got some forks and knives, and we've got some styrofoam
1: containers. Now, what's in okay. the containers, my friend? All right. So there's a little uh, cafe in town. Some of you may have heard of it. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, Broncos Patisserie on Main oh, Street. I know Broncos. Yeah, yeah. place is awesome. So, he, is this, did you bring Broncos? You brought this. Is from Broncos. It is oh. freshly made about oh. an hour ago. So. Bronco Lynn, thank you. Uh, what have they we got? Have, they have awesome food. Yo. So this is their famous Brooklyn Bridge breakfast sandwich. What is uh, on the Brooklyn Bridge? Uh, so these are multi-grain bagels with. Uh, There's smoked salmon, I think from Brooklyn, from what I understand. What? There's uh, fresh local eggs cooked in a, I guess they're kind of scrambled. Yeah. With uh, tomatoes and some herbs. Oh my gosh. Some kind of special sauce he likes to put on it. This is amazing. What? uh, Yeah, these things are
0: So it's like a smoked salmon egg sandwich. Correct. With like, I'm seeing tomatoes. There's Mm -hmm. some like, there's some arugula here. Yes. Yo, on a whole grain bagel. Yes. This is a heck of a breakfast. Uh, yeah,
1: it's my go-to. I I, I cajun it.
0: Mmm. <laughs> oh, man. Bronco's is like, Bronco's is pretty legit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything they do there is really good. Oh, man. Do me a favor, would you, Jeff? Just click that door closed. Huh? It gets a little rowdy here in the morning sometimes. Mmm.
1: Okay? Yum. So is this your go-to at Bronco's? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is for breakfast. <sighs> then they have lunch specials. Oh, lunch is too. always great too. The, you ever go there for dinner? Occasionally they'll do dinner there, I think. They have one coming up, actually, which I think is almost booked. Mm. But uh, yes, I haven't experienced the dinner when I really want to. Mm. They do so Bronco is so good, and you know, it, it's it's his wife, right? Lynn, who's mm-hmm. working on the counter all the time. She's the sweetest. Mm. Mm-hmm. They really do a great job and they take you know very much pride in their food and their customers, the whole atmosphere. And they've been there for as long as I've, I mean, quite a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. several. Wow. So what do
0: they call then? the Brooklyn the Bridge?
1: Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm.
0: And even I mean, you know, I've just had bagel and cream cheese there, and it's fantastic <laughs> too. And they always got good coffee. Man, Jeff, this is good stuff. I was hoping you'd like it. I man. love it. I absolutely love it. Now, now you brought you brought something else in from Broncos, which uh, I'm. I don't. I don't know. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna have to take a bite of this, dude. Look at this. What on earth?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah! yeah. Here. These are Bronco wanted to bring a little extra. Let's do for the uh, for the studio. Anybody else want any? There we go.
0: So I'm going to have a bite of this. So these are uh, look, they look like cro- croissant? Chocolate
1: croissant.
0: Chocolate croissant. Chocolate croissant. <laughs> oh man, Jeff! I don't. I I'm going to take a bite. I'm going to take. Here. Did you hear by the way what, what, uh, my my progress?
1: I did, and i said, this is really going to put a key it. <laughs>
0: Adam's not going to be happy, but oh, I'm very happy about this.
1: All right, so I'm going to
0: just hang on a sec. I'm going to get a knife, and I'm just going to take. Uh, I'm just going to take one little bite of this chocolate croissant because I, I have to. It's What is this, Nutella on top of it, it looks, it looks like? It looks like that. Holy smokes. Oh. F- oh. You know,
1: everything they use is oh, like imported, they don't just use standard They don't just get the, the junk from Cisco or whatever. Yeah, it, it's,
0: this is like, this is the real deal right here. Look at this. This has <laughs> got to be Nutella or something like that. This is amazingly beautiful. And the like a powdered... Sh- okay. All right. <laughs> It's I've been so good since January first, but every now and then you just got to make a little exception. So here it goes: the flaky, delicious, buttery croissant. Mm.
1: Oh my god! Come on! (laughs) Now you have to try some too. I have never had one of these myself. Oh,
0: Bronco! Why can't I eat like this all the time? Oh man! Oh my goodness! Wow! Oh my
1: gosh! You're gonna have it
0: all over the equipment. A little messy here. I get (laughs) it. You no, know, you you just stay right over there. You're on, you're on, you're on quarantine, buddy, but not for coronavirus. Don't <laughs> worry. Oh my gosh, the chocolate is so good. Well, Jeff, I am just tickled that you made it in today, um, for so many different reasons. That the paramotoring thing is just so cool, and um, I mean, it's just so neat to have you just out there flying around now. Um, if, if somebody wants to
1: follow you on Facebook, do they just mm-hmm. look you up? What, Jeff, Jeff Chorba? Yeah, just look me up, Jeff Chorba. Um, my website is chorbaconsulting.com, which, if you're looking at getting a hold of me through, you know, for business stuff, you can always email me through that too, also, if you're looking to get and, a hold of me. But I would, you know, anybody who wants to come out and see it happen, I mean, it's Very weather dependent, so I can't say, Oh, we'll do it next Saturday at three o'clock, because right? It, it's all weather, dependent it's a day by day decision, yeah, just about right. Pretty much so. And then now, uh, real quick, uh, winter versus summer, what's what's better to fly? Well, summer, definitely, uh, just because you can have you know shorts, a t shirt, and but you're up there in 20 degree weather, if yeah. 20 is my kind of low max, Jeez. low, yeah. It, it gets colder as you go higher, yeah, and move faster, right? Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> But you bundle up, right? When a buddy's mine, he flew the other day. I think it was 10 when he took off. I said, God God bless you. Yeah, that's, that's, (laughs) that's, uh, I'll be at home uh, just sipping hot chocolate if that happens.
0: (laughs) So, Jeff, uh, I hate to say this, but we are out of time. The whole show has been recorded. We're going to put it up on our website for podcasts. So, if anybody wants to listen to it again, just find me, Adam Owens, on Facebook. You can also go to radiobold.com slash taste test Thursday for the podcast. Radiobold.com slash taste test Thursday. My guest, Jeff Chorba. Is a uh, computer repair whiz and a paramotoring enthusiast. Uh,
1: go ahead. Oh, oh, that's all I got. What, what do you got? Well, I was just gonna say, I wanted to uh, do a uh, little shout out to the person that really got me into this sport. Uh, he's a YouTube uh, celebrity, pretty much. Ooh. Uh, he's got over a million subscribers and he lives not too far from here and we fly regularly. Uh, his name is Tucker Gott, and that's spelled G O T T. He has a really awesome YouTube channel, so if you're interested in this sport, he really portrays it better than anybody I know. Cool. And his videos... And you did a thought... pretty good job here today, too, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I just want to throw a little shout-out to him, because he's an icon of this sport, and T- a Tucker... super, super nice guy, very humble person. And Tucker Gott? Tucker Gott, Gott. G-O-T-T. If you look him up on uh, YouTube, he's a, he's a good guy, and uh, I get the, uh, the pleasure of flying with him a lot, so you might even see my... My face in the videos once in a while so. sweet well Tucker if you're out there listening uh, way to go buddy and uh, thanks for thanks for hanging with Jeff
0: and Jeff thanks for hanging with me this morning thank you it's my pleasure all right we'll be back tomorrow with the Friday edition of the DNH morning show and remember if you'd like to listen just go online to radiobold.com taste test Thursday for a link to the podcast for taste test Thursday so the next time we talk I'm Adam Owen saying stay safe be good to each other and support your local volunteer fire company.